This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Esler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson rowdy Raisbeck, joined by professional sports better Dave Esler. You want to find any of our content, you can find me on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor, or you can find Dave on Twitter at Dave underscore Esler or some of his work at pregame.com. Just want to get this out there right away as well. Just reminding everyone to to download, listen, subscribe, share Winner's Take with your friends. We always appreciate that. Our our numbers continue to grow. That's always a good sign. And uh, as always, we're going to go through five college football games, five NFL games, and we'll look at the market and uh, tell you which ones really caught our eye. Dave, uh, I think we should jump right in here. I'm ready, brother. So a quick little rapid fire here. First one we're going to be looking at, the world's largest cocktail party. I guess we can't say that anymore, but it's the world's largest tailgate now. Number one, Georgia versus Florida. Technically, this one is a neutral site game here, but it's being played in Jacksonville. Dave, you look at the lines here for Georgia, Florida, Florida, Georgia, however you want to say it. Currently, Georgia favored by 14 and a half. Total sitting there at 47 and a half. What are you thinking for the world's largest tailgate? Yeah, it's right around the corner from my house, but, you know, that's that's not for me. I, I've been once, and that's enough. There's a couple things going on here. Yeah, the Gators aren't a good team, but as far as I'm concerned, Georgia's about as vulnerable as they've been in years. And without Brock Bowers, they, they are a different team on offense. Uh, does that mean Florida has a chance? Probably not. Um, but I think the people outside of the Southeast have no idea how big this game is. I mean, you know, Florida can go one and 11 as long as they beat Georgia. We've seen some crazy things, but what I think happens here is Georgia wins with their defense. Florida's offense on paper looked good the last two weeks, even winning and scoring 41 at South Carolina, but the Cox have no defense, nor does their previous opponent Vanderbilt who they hung 38 on. So I'm going to take the Florida team total under. I wouldn't lay two touchdowns, but I'm not sure I can take them. But if you made me, I would take the 14 and a half points because I don't think Georgia's offense is I mean, it's cut in half without Brock Bowers. I think he's that important. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up right where you left off. If I had to play a, a side in this game, I'm taking Florida plus over two touchdowns at 14 and a half. And it's kind of like what you said. Florida's offense has been decent. We know that Georgia's good. But this, this Georgia team feels like it's sleepwalking and it hasn't been as good as what everyone thought. You mentioned Brock Bowers, clearly their best player. He's not there. Florida still has a ton of good athletes. The offense has been decent as of recent games. I just feel like giving up over two touchdowns is a lot in a rivalry game where Florida's going to have a ton of people there. It's just, just outside of Gainesville. And it's a team that's playing well. And like you said, this win makes their season. Georgia's just trying to make it past the finish line. I'd take Florida plus the 14 and a half. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. And I also think it probably stays under, but, you know, throw that out there too. So there we go. First game out of the way. Dave likes the Florida team total under. We both uh, would play the 14 and a half with Florida and uh, potentially an under there. Moving to our second game. This is probably one of the better games on the TV slate. Looking at number eight, Oregon, traveling to number 13, Utah. Currently, Oregon favored by six and a half. Depending on where you look, you might be able to find a seven. And the total sitting there at 47 and a half. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for our second game, Oregon, Utah? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned last week they might shut rising down. And 
Obviously, that's what happened. You know, whether he comes back for a seventh season, we don't know. But does it really matter? I mean, Oregon lost to Washington. That was a huge game on the road. Then they allowed Washington State to put up almost 500 yards of offense. But I think the issue here is that Utah is probably incapable of moving the ball against the Ducks. I mean, the Utes have had two consecutive over games, but, you know, they scored at home on Cal and at USC who can't stop anyone. Uh, it doesn't even seem to try. Um, I'll throw Lincoln Riley under the bus again this week. Uh, one of, Other than those two games, the only time Utah scored more than 24 was against Weber State. So I like the Utah team total under quite a bit uh, in as much as they may be the super cool home underdog. I think Oregon probably has too much, but the under is probably numero uno there. Yeah, I looked at this game, and again, I get where you're coming from with the team total. But if I had to play a side, I lean with Utah just because the Cam Rising stuff has been background noise all year, but he's never actually played and set still Utah's six and one. They're the thirteenth ranked team in the country. And just looking at it, clearly Bo Nix is a better quarterback, but I think Kyle Winningham's probably the better coach. We've seen and we've heard a lot of criticism for Oregon and some of their games here down the stretch. I know that Utah's a tough place to play with a tough defense. Oregon's going into that hostile territory. Like you mentioned, they haven't been playing their best football. I might want to play this with Utah, getting if I could find a seven. But Dave, what do you think if, if you really like Utah, maybe Utah in the first half plus the three and a half? They're going to be juiced. It's going to be a home game. Uh, you know, if they can keep the, the pace and tempo, it, it probably would be lower scoring. Maybe a Utah in the first half. Yeah, I think if I was going to play Utah, that would probably be the smarter thing to do because if Oregon gets ahead and Utah has to move the ball in in chunks or multiple um, possessions, I don't think they can. So uh, I'm gonna I would agree with you there, absolutely. And I feel like if if you like Utah in this game, you have to also probably lean towards the the under and vice versa with Oregon. Yeah, I mean, I like the under regardless, but I don't know. Part of me just says Oregon's got too much. Um, But I could be wrong. I mean, you know, I think Utah will be a a trendy play because they're a home underdog catching a lot of points. But I'm going to I'm going to stay away from that. I just I just like the total and maybe your idea of of the Utes in the first half because Whittingham is the better coach. All right. Moving on to our third college football game here. Number 24, USC traveling to Cal. Currently, USC favored by 10.5 with a total of 66.5. Dave, what are you thinking for USC Cal? I forgot we had this game. I'll throw Lincoln Riley under the bus again. I mean, this one's not that hard. Cal's had a week off, and, and prior to that, they gave up 52 to Oregon State and 34 to the aforementioned relatively anemic Utah offense. They scored 32 on Washington earlier this season which is, we know, that that's a good number against a great Washington defense. So there's little chance in my mind that this game doesn't go over. Can I lay double digits with Lincoln Riley? No, I cannot. Do I have the stones to take them? Maybe. I'll take the points, that is, maybe. Um, but I, that's where the value lies. With with a week off and the USC defense that keeps them from getting margin, um, it's the over and probably Cal if I had to. Yeah, I, I looked at this and. I know you were into some of the team totals earlier. Maybe you take Cal's team total over. I mean, it's an offense that really isn't impressive, but we know just how bad SC's defense has been. And if I had to play the side, I'm taking Cal. And it's all the negative noise around USC. You mentioned how Cal's coming off a bye. One thing about Cal is their head coach, Justin Wilcox, 
they're going to show up and they're going to play hard. They might not be talented, but they're at least going to try and play hard. USC's got the talent, but Caleb Williams is already talking about how maybe he should shut it down or, you know, he wants a, a piece of the franchise for whoever drafts him. Lincoln Riley has been sick from what I've seen on Twitter this week. He hasn't even been to a couple practices. Lincoln Riley's mentioned how maybe he wants to follow Caleb Williams to the NFL and one of these crappier teams that are looking for a head coach. The defense already stinks. Nothing for me wants to play USC right now until they come out and A, prove that they're there mentally on offense. Because if they're not there on offense, we already know how bad they are on defense. So I could only look at Cal. Yeah, I mean, that that would be the only way. I mean, the thing is you can't, you know, with USC's defense, even if they're up, you know, three scores, the backdoor cover is probably almost always on the table. So, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't trust a three score lead with USC with that defense. So you think just to to try and overlap some of these, you like the over, could only see the over, and the only way to play the side was Cal. So obviously if Cal's scoring, maybe a Cal team total over might be the smartest for one particular play. I don't know if it'd be the smartest, but it would be a viable bet for me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's our third college football game. Moving to a fourth one, another rivalry in the SEC. We're going to look at number 21, Tennessee, traveling to Kentucky to take on the Wildcats. Currently the line, Tennessee favored by three and a half, total sitting there at 51 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for our fourth game here? Tennessee, Kentucky. Yeah, I'm not sure Tennessee should be ranked, but I don't I don't get a vote. Um, you know, it's a home game at night in Lexington. That's that says something, but you know, the Wildcat offense has kind of hit the skids in the SEC the last couple of weeks. I mean, it was understandable that they only scored 12 against Georgia, but only 21 at home to Missouri. I, I love Missouri, but, you know, 21 at home is 21 at home. Now they face a false defense that's been pretty stout, albeit mostly at home. But, you know, what I won't do is lay points on the road in an SEC game. I mean, they're all tough wins. I mean, in, in most of the big conferences, that's the case. And the Vols offense is a shadow of what it was last season with Hooker. They've scored against South Carolina, which everyone does. Uh, so I actually lean Kentucky, and I like the under here quite a bit. Yeah, we're right on the same page here. Uh, I know we were texting back and forth, and, and this is the one that I said I like quite a bit. You mentioned it. It's in Lexington. Rivalry game, night game. All the energy going to be from Kentucky, a team coming off two straight losses, and they had a bye to get prepared for this. Tennessee, they played two physical games in a row. A&M's a physical team. Alabama's a physical team. And you mentioned how Tennessee can stop the run. I agree. Kentucky also plays pretty well against the run, too. Both of these quarterbacks feel like they need a run game to be more successful than what they they really are. I don't think either of them really get that. So therefore I like the under like you do. And then I lean with Kentucky and would play it at three and a half as well, because I don't buy into Tennessee and Joe Milton. Joe Milton wasn't a good quarterback at Michigan and he's been there for forever. He's still not good in my mind. Just the fact that it's got to be on the road in Kentucky and he's not going to have a run game, I'll take a, the team at home getting over a field goal. So, yeah, give me the under in Kentucky as well. Yeah, it almost looks too easy, but sometimes you just have to, you know, I was talking on a podcast yesterday and it was like if I kept digging in that game, I could probably find reasons to take Tennessee because it's like a lawyer. You can always build your case. Um, but once I saw a few things that, that were pointing to Kentucky in the under, I said, you know, yeah, 
I got to go with it, even if it seems a bit squarish. Well, that's the thing, right, though, Dave? If you if you start digging through these games and you can't find anything, anything whatsoever to bet Tennessee, that's probably the game where you want to bet Tennessee. Uh, yeah, well, that's why I didn't look any further. I, <laughs> I knew I knew what that would do to my mind. And one thing I'll never do is flop because that is the worst kind of loss you can take mentally. I 100% agree. You're thinking about this team all week. Last second, you do the other team, and then the team you're on all week smokes them. Yep. Let's move to our last college football game here. Number 17, North Carolina traveling to Atlanta to take on Georgia Tech. Right now in this game, UNC favored by 11.5, current total 63.5. Dave, what are you thinking for UNC Georgia Tech? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do a deep dive into this one. There's so many variables here. I'm going to take the easy way out. I think the Tar Heels were exposed last week against Virginia. The list of teams North Carolina beat to be undefeated prior to that is not a list of top 25 teams. It's pretty weak. Um, Tech's won every other game they played this year, and they lost last week to Boston College. Give me the Yellow Jackets plus the points. Sprinkle a little bit on the plus 340 money line. I'm not buying North Carolina. Oh man, we're gonna we're gonna have our first disagreement on the last college football game here. I feel like this has to be North Carolina's bounce back. You look at Georgia Tech, yeah, they're a pretty middling power five school, roughly playing five hundred football, like you mentioned. But North Carolina, like this felt felt like a team that was rolling. Like you look at what they had done early in the year. They beat South Carolina, you know, they beat Minnesota, and then it just started piling up Syracuse was playing good football at the time Miami well then they took that loss to Virginia but this is still a team that can play in the ACC championship they got to put it back on track it feels like because of that awful just disgusting loss to Virginia you might be getting a bit of a discount on if they had won that game and North Carolina their defense has actually been pretty good this year outside of the last two games Maybe they get that on track against the lesser Georgia Tech offense. I'm going to go and play. This is probably the square side, but I'll play North Carolina minus 11 and a half. Okay, well, this one's for bragging rights, I guess. Hey, by the way, we need to go back and review those. I went undefeated against you in those in college. You yeah. went undefeated against me in the NFL. So we split two and two. I'm keenly aware. <laughs> I had to make sure I got home on Saturday night and see how that old Miss game ended up. Yeah, well, you 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 had you had the trophy for about twelve hours. <laughs> anything else catch your eye in college football, or anything that the market is screaming at you that you should play? Well, screaming, no. It's it's you know we get into the middle to the latter part of the season, and the lines get pretty tight, and and you know I think um, Arizona at home against Oregon State. I know there's a lot of people. Well, there's a couple people on that um, couple of them that I sort of respect. So that would be the only one that the market's really telling me. Iowa State's another one that's getting a lot of love, minus two and a half. It's at Baylor. I, I never know what to make of Baylor. They, they're they one of those teams that shows up when they're not supposed to. Mississippi State and Auburn under is another one. Um, I actually think Texas A&M kills South Carolina. Then if you're really up late and you you, you want to bail out Hawaii and, and San Jose State's probably an under game. Yeah, I agree with you. Looking at the market, the Iowa State one popped up on my radar. From earlier in the week, I grabbed San Jose State, but that was under 10. 
Another total I looked at was Wyoming, Boise under 49. What do you think about a couple of these? Florida State in the first half, it's going to be an early game in Wake, but it feels like they want to get out of there early, so a first half uh, Florida State might show up and, and really take it to them and then coast in the second. And then the other one, just because it was a, a big-time loss and punch to the stomach of Penn State, I could see James Franklin really trying to put it on Indiana. Yeah, that's a game when I think the spread's like 31 or 2 and the total's like 46. So that pretty much tells me I would take the Indiana team total under. And your other game, I don't know. I've been an FSU fan for forever, off and on. And I follow them enough, and I just don't trust them to do what everybody thinks they're supposed to do. Um, you're probably right, but on the road, conference play later in the year, I'll I'll pass that one. That's all you. So since you're the Florida State guy, doesn't it feel like this Florida State team, though it hasn't been flashy since week one against LSU, where it turns out LSU isn't you know isn't as good as what we originally thought, it just feels like they keep finding ways to win and win. And by the end of the year, you know, they have probably zero or one loss. They probably find themselves into that college football playoff. Well, I think if you want to go back to week one of our podcast, I probably gave them out to win the national championship at whatever price I'd have to go back and look at my open bets. But yeah, I like FSU there. You know, and one of the reasons I like it is because nobody's talking about them. They don't always live up to expectations. And because nobody's talking about them, I don't want to say nobody, but, you know, everybody's throwing out Michigan and Georgia, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, FSU, FSU has the talent to do it, yes. I think you, yeah, you did in an earlier podcast. I think you gave out Florida State to win the national title, and I think it was Jordan Travis to win the Heisman. I think that was the yeah. same podcast. I, I know it was. I don't remember when, but it was probably week one. If you have... I guess even tickets on Jordan Travis, because I think he's kind of in that top five or six the last time I checked. You might have some some good equity there. I do. I know that. I, I haven't looked, but, you know, I do. You're right. Let's hope he throws five touchdowns in the first half against Wake. Agreed. Let's go to the NFL. Moving on to the NFL here. Looking at our first game, it's going to be the L.A. Rams and the Dallas Cowboys. Currently, Cowboys favored by six and a half. Line sitting there at 45. Dave, what are you thinking for Rams-Cowboys? Yeah, I got some disagreement on this on an NFL podcast I did last night, but there's just no way I can lay a TD with Dallas. Um, yeah, I know they've had a week off, and but their wins are over the Giants, Jets, Patriots, and Chargers, and that was barely. I mean, clearly the Rams aren't in the sort of quote-unquote good team category, but if nothing else, their upside is much higher than the people that Dallas has played. I'm, I'm almost certain they had – if they didn't piss down their leg last week against the Steelers, I think this number would be less. Uh, and a team like Dallas is always going to be taxed, so the value is with the Rams. And uh, I, I think it's early enough in the season that they'll recover from that collapse last week, and they're a veteran team. If it were Week 11, I might feel different. Yes, I know McCarthy was 10-2 with the Packers off a of bye, but he's not with the Packers where those numbers are probably skewed because he had the best team in the worst division or they were playing in Green Bay when it was snowing and windy. Um, so, you know, I'm not afraid to get in front of Dallas. I'll have to take the Rams. Yeah, I was a Rams team total over better last week, and they missed two field goals and an extra point, and they finished with 17. So, Sorry, sorry for your luck. Welcome to, welcome to my world. <laughs> so I'm with you, though. I think if I had to play a side, I would agree I would lean with the Rams. I actually kind of like the over in this game, and the reason is Dallas, they haven't really – 
I get I know the defensive stats look really good, but when you're playing the Giants, the Jets, the Cardinals, the you know, the Patriots, those aren't good offenses. And then you lost Diggs a few weeks ago. McCarthy's great off of a bye. You mentioned that. But McVay and McCarthy as a Packer Rams and a Dallas Rams matchup, a lot of the times it's been a high scoring, more of a shootout, unless it was in Green Bay and cold temperatures with Jared Goff. All these games are 27 to, to 24 or 31 to 28, all high scoring games. And I think both of these teams have the capability of scoring in the 20s here uh, again. I think I would play the over for the 45. You know, you make a good point. I wouldn't argue with that. I know we're going to have a disagreement on this one. So let's move to our second game. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars going to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Currently, the Jaguars are favored in this one, two and a half. And the total sitting there at 40 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for Jaguars Steelers? We might not have a disagreement. I mean, you know, I don't live too far from Jacksonville. So I, I see their local stuff all the time. And I'm not sure who the Jags really are yet. I mean, I don't, they don't have an impressive win. That win in the UK over the Bills, maybe. But, you know, we know that was, you know, not only a bad spot for the Bills after that Dolphins game, um, but then the Bills barely beat the Giants and lost to the Patriots. So, you know, that win just doesn't mean much to me. And we all know what the Steelers pulled off in LA last week. I mean, I gave out the Steelers' win total over this summer, and a lot of people laughed at me. I mean, don't look now, but after this week, they got the the Titans and Packers at home. So the Steelers sitting at seven and two in a couple of weeks is very realistic. I mean, they beat the Ravens at home and that's a team. Suddenly the media is penciling in as the AFC champs. So, you know, I don't know how they lose to Jacksonville. Do the Jags have better players? Yeah, probably. Are they, are they still a young team that hasn't cleared a threshold? Absolutely. Uh, they're, they're still a team that'll beat someone they shouldn't or lose to someone they shouldn't. So I actually like the Steelers here. See, this is our disagreement. I'm taking the Jags minus the two and a half. I just the Steelers feel like a team that are somehow doing it on smoke and mirrors. They haven't played a lot of good teams. Yeah, they've done it on on smoke and mirrors for the last well since Roethlisberger retired. Like they should have lost the game to the Rams last week. They they got they got pounded against Houston. Baltimore looked horrible in there. It's like they they catch every break in the book. And you look at you look at the team. Kenny Pickett hasn't been good. They can't run the football. They're not going to be able to run the football against the Jags. And then on the flip side, the defense has been horrible. Trevor Lawrence doesn't turn the football over, and it feels like the Steelers team lives off of turnovers and T.J. Watt making plays. And I think the the luck runs out this weekend. Fair enough. I'm getting less than a field goal. Like if, it, if I was playing – if I had to play Jacksonville at three and a half, I'd probably look at Pittsburgh because I know how they play these grimy, gross, close games. Okay. I stated my case. <laughs> All right. We have another disagreement to monitor for next week. I'm, you know, I'm game. I don't care. I, you know, I, I like it when you win because then you feel good about yourself. Dave, I need a lot of things to feel good about myself these days. We should probably just stop right there. <laughs> Let's. I'm curious because I just threw this one at you about 20 minutes ago. I'm curious for your thoughts on our third NFL game, the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Currently, the Falcons favored by two and a half with a total of 35 and a half. Uh, Dave, what do you think for Falcons Titans? Well, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. You have to like Atlanta here. I mean, Ritter's starting to look a little better and the, the Titans are starting to look a lot worse. So, I mean, Atlanta being favored on the road is is for a good reason. I, I'll take the Falcons. 
we're gonna have another disagreement here. I'm gonna you're gonna have another loss. It's it's that simple on this one. I'm taking Tennessee plus the two and a half. Basically, when I look at these two teams, they both play these disgusting, low scoring, grinded out games. I, I almost figure that it's going to be close within a field goal, no matter who wins. I'll take the team at home that's getting the points. But I think one thing that needs to be mentioned is this is going to be outdoors in Tennessee. Desmond Ritter has been horrible, and he's been even worse outdoors. Dude's a turnover machine. And, and the fact that Arthur Smith is the head coach versus Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel used to employ Arthur Smith. He used to go against his offenses all the time. And this almost feels like a Belichick versus his disciples type where Vrabel taught not not quite everything, but he taught him a lot. I feel like Will Levis was just named the starter. They knew he was probably going to start two weeks ago. They're coming off of a bye. I'm sure they're giving him, you know, nearly two weeks to get ready. This is probably going to be the the most ready and and best version that Will Levis will see all year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Tennessee plus the two and a half. Well, you're gonna be wrong there too. My man Desmond Ritter, ten yards a pass last week, nineteen to twenty five, no interceptions against a better Tampa Bay defense than he's going to face this week. Um, so that's another one. That you'll, I'll, I won't even text you because you'll just know. Hey, Desmond Ritter is a Luke Fickle quarterback. Well, they, haven't, they haven't been successful in Madison yet. Well, you just got to look at what he's doing right now. <laughs> All right, moving on to our fourth NFL game. It's going to be the Cleveland Browns traveling to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Currently, the Seahawks favored by three and a half, total sitting there at 38 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for Browns-Seahawks? Yeah, I, I know there's a lot of activity on this game. I prefer my bets have what I think is the least amount of possible variances, and the Browns might be the team with the most amount of possible variances right now. I mean, they're 4-2 they're and two in spite of themselves. They got Arizona at home next week, so if they did win this, they'd be an improbable 6-2. and two. Uh, For the Seattle, I mean, not only might Metcalf be out again, but there's trade rumors. Uh, so I don't know how that bodes for the locker room. I mean, there's no doubt the Browns have a Super Bowl caliber defense uh, and one that I, they can probably win this game, you know, regardless of who's under center. I mean, we know who it is now. Um, but, you know, Hunt didn't practice this week either. And it's it's hard for me to fathom them being 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 road favorites. And obviously they're not really. So I would take the I would take the under here without a whole lot of trouble. And I think I would take the Browns team total under. I think it was 17 and a half last night. You know, Seattle, uh, if the Browns are going to win, it's going to have to be on on the, through the air, I think, because surprisingly, Seattle, I think they had the number three uh, yards per rush defense in the NFL, believe it or not. So I don't like laying points in a low-scoring game. So um, under and the Browns team total under for me. I 100% agree with you. I had two things written down for this game. One of them was the Cleveland team total under the 17 and a half. Deshaun Watson's beat up. Didn't look great before that. P.J. Walker is clearly, after playing like half a game of football well, is P.J. Walker the guy you expect. Nick Chubbs went down. This offense is is in disarray, but the defense is really, really good. But when you look at Seattle, on the other hand, Seattle has been sneaky good basically since week two. And, like, they've beaten some really good teams here. They should have beaten the Bengals. They've been taking care of business. They do have really good defensive metrics. I don't think the Cleveland Browns will be able to run on the Seahawks. And then, when I, like I said, mentioned that uh, this game, the Browns have a really good defense. I do think 
Geno Smith is good enough. I think Pete Carroll is greater than Stefanski. And I just feel like right now, health-wise, it's got to be the Seahawks. I lean with the Seahawks at three and a half, but I'm with you. The other one I wrote down was the Cleveland team total under 17 and a half. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the only thing I have to say about that is, is I think a lot of people like that, and those things don't always end well, but it is what it is. Moving on to our final NFL game here, it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Currently, the Niners favored by three and a half, total sitting there at 43 and a half. Dave, your thoughts on our final game? Yeah, I mean, now we're seeing the 49ers, who everyone had as NFC champs two weeks ago, are mortal. I mean, I mean, with C-Mac back, they still lost at Minnesota, creating a short week. Uh, and maybe we see why Brock Powers, uh, Brock Purdy, rather, was Mr. Irrelevant. I mean, anyone with a pulse um, knows that knock lately has been on how he performed when the 49ers are behind or they need a late drive. And I think we've answered that question a couple times. And since the Bengals can play some defense, I mean, I, I think we're probably going to see Sam Donald. Um, Purdy's in concussion protocol, and I don't, I don't see too many guys this late in the week coming out of that and playing. So I think you probably see Donald. Um, I remember Donald was a former number one pick. He's got some talent, uh, but um, I, I, I'll digress there because the Bengals. I just don't think they haven't been able to push the ball downfield against anyone not named the Cardinals, and I just don't think that changes. I mean, the 49ers are all dinged up, but not defensively. Um, so I think you can bet uh, the, the team total under San Francisco team total under. Uh, and I think the game under as well. Um, it's another game if I dig any deeper to, I'll find what I'm looking for, which would be reasons to take the Bengals or the over, uh, and that's not happening. I mean, the to- you know, if I could have got the Bengals at six or whatever before, you know, it it, it c- come down to where it is, and it came down to where it is because of information, and that information is probably that Brock Purdy's not going to play. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know that Sam Donald, you know, he may not be a, he may not be that much of a drop off, you know, after all, after what we've seen, what, what Purdy can do when he's pressured or he has to. So um, I, I lean Bengals. Yes. But I, I don't know about um, the new number, but I definitely think that game stays under the total. Yeah. I'm glad you said the game total under the team total under, because the one that I wrote down as my favorite was the first half under 21 and a half. And I mean, just looking at it, Bengals get an extra week to prep. 49ers are coming off of a a short week. Obviously, they played on Monday night. And then you mentioned how San Francisco's got banged up, but not on defense. Bengals can't run the football, and they're not going to against San Fran. Joe Burrow's been a slow starter. And then on the other side, a lot of guys hurt for San Francisco. Even if Purdy plays, I almost think I like the under more if Purdy plays. And the reason behind that is this feels like the 49ers – they have their bye week next week. It might be, let's just get to the bye week. Let's, uh, you know, take our week off. Let's get healthy. Where the Bengals, they're coming out of their bye week. They play San Francisco. They play Buffalo in consecutive weeks. It's all in efforts for the Bengals. They're 500. They got to win these games at the very minimum, go one and one to keep pace with the, you know, playoffs. Like you said, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I will play the first half under. And then the other thing that I looked at was, because of the potential for the 49ers to say, let's just pack it in. We're still five and three with a loss here. Let's get healthy. We're still the best team in the league. I would look and lean with the Bengals catching over a field goal. But what do you think about this? Because it's it's becoming pretty square, but it's it's posted all over. And a Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown. I mean, all the dude does is score touchdowns. Yeah. 
and you can run on the Bengals. I mean, why not? I mean, what's he got like eighteen or nineteen games in a row? Yeah, and and well, if, you know, I know that I know if I bet that he'll reaggregate his pack and <laughs> run three or four plays, and they'll sit him down. So, you know, there is always that. Like but, I'm sitting yeah. here, Dave, and I'm like, okay, well, he scored eighteen straight times. Uh, the one thing you can do really well against the Bengals is run the football. He's one of the healthier superstars after coming back. And Darnold's best friend would be a good running game in defense. And a concussed Purdy's best friend would be a running game. Maybe, maybe in yeah, Elijah, I mean, Elijah Mitchell touchdown. If he's, yeah, that too. I mean, if he's healthy enough, yeah. I mean, I think you have to. The other thing is Darnold's a check down pretty easily. He's good. He tends to get happy feet in the pocket and, and he'll check down, which would mean McCaffrey may get a fair bit of reception. So maybe that's a prop you might want to look at. So that'll do it for our NFL, Dave. Uh, I don't know if you've looked at the market or anything else caught your eye in the NFL here. No, not really. I mean, it, you know, this late, I like the Jets a, a money line over the Giants. I can tell you that. I mean, I forget what I what I wrote about it. I gave it out somewhere. Um, but the Giants have scored 85 points this year and 31 of them in the second half against the Cardinals. So, and the Giants are 25 to one to make the playoffs. The Jets are three to one. The books know there's a bigger discrepancy there than two and a half points. So I like the Jets on the money line. I actually gave out that game this morning. I kind of like the over between the Jets and the Giants. Tyrod Taylor has been an upgrade. Barkley is, is now back in the flow of things and, Zach Wilson's looking better each week, and that defense is kind of banged up, especially in the secondary. Total of 36.5 is pretty low. Well, I'm going to disagree with you. This is another disagreement. We've disagreed quite a bit on this podcast. Uh, the other one I looked at, Indianapolis team total over 21.5. I mean, they've been scoring a lot of points. It hasn't been pretty, but I'm just looking at the market, and the the, the totals went up 3.5 points, and the Colts – depending on where you look in some spots, they went from, a, a, I think it was like a four-point dog to roughly one-point favorite. So team total over, and it's still cheaper than the uh, Saints number. Yeah, I like the Colts there too, no doubt about it. Um, I'm not sure about the, you know, the game total. I think that Saints team's a mess. I, I'm better off with your, your Indianapolis team total. That, I think that's a much better idea. So that is uh, that's what I had written down here. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you. We have enough. <laughs> we have enough disagreements. We're going to have to we're going to have to start keeping uh, a tally on who won. So it's 2 to 2 through last week. Oh, you don't want to go the first 7 weeks? I see how you are. I'd have to go back and review it. You know, I'm so busy here. I don't have to review it. It's a mental thing. I just know I'm ahead. Normally I'd take your word, but I can't take your word for that one. Oh, well. You know, if you want to if you want to waste your time, go right ahead. All right. Well, if anyone out there wants to get any more of our content, you can find me on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor, or you can find Dave on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler or his work at pregame.com. Just want to remind you again, please download, listen, subscribe, and share the winner's take with your friends. And we'll continue to keep pumping out NFL and college football games every Thursday. Until then, though, let's continue to win some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com. In the Zone app or wherever you get your podcasts, listen, rate, subscribe.